Hey guys, this is Jody Cedric from Zimware and Rotafest. Welcome to Rennie Dole's podcast, where you never know what's going to happen, but it's going to be very, very fun. So let's get with it right now. Hey, let's get it kicked off. So, hey, this is the Ready to Go podcast and webcast, and we're live this morning on Facebook and Zoom, and then uh, we're recording it over to our podcast as we do. And I've got two really good friends of mine uh, on. Chris is on. So, first, I'm here. How's it going? So, so Chris and Rod are your really good friends. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yes, that's exactly it. But you know, I've got I've got uh, Jody and Rod on uh, from Zenware Road FS. And we go way back with these two, and so it's real excited to have them uh, back onto uh, the program just to talk shop, to talk business, to talk life. Matter of fact, we've got a series of questions we're going to go through, and a lot of it's just about business and the life and blending. So introduce yourselves, guys. Okay. Uh, I'm Rod Pusey. I'm one of the owners of Zenware. We produce a RotoFS work order management system. And I'm Jody Cedric, and I'm the... Not so sane side of him. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly what it is. I, I love it. I love it. And so, how long have you guys known each other? Uh, we actually crap. have known each other for close to 30 years. Wow. Um, Jody moved to Boise a number of years ago, and he was introduced through one of our other partners, my brother-in-law, Dave. So, I've known Jody for a long time. But we've been doing – we actually worked at another software company – uh, for about four years together, like and then uh, the four of us decided, you know what, we've had enough of the way they run business. We're going to go run business our way, and so we took the leap in uh, 09 and uh, started building RotaFest and just been going strong ever since. So 09, it wasn't an ideal time to launch a business. Oh, no, no, no. We no. actually had that conversation. We're like, you know, this is really stupid, but if we can make it work in, like, presumably the worst economy, then we can make it work in the best of times. And it, it really helped us to be lean and, and make sure that the really important stuff got taken care of and that we didn't have a lot of fluff. Uh, and that's just how we operate today. We don't have a lot of fluff. I mean, there's 13, we have 13 people, 90% um, of them besides these two guys and one sales guy are technical. Uh, they, all, the, all the other guys write code and we just, you know, we're just a pretty face. Wow. And, and, and so it um yeah which one's prettier <laughs> this one right here it's all about the beer baby yeah, yeah i love that thing man. <laughs> love that thing and then rod you know you and i go back uh yeah our kids knew each other in school and 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 so forth and we've been at each other's houses through the years and everything else so now jody where did you where did you move from you you moved to boise where were you before uh actually we my wife's from the bay area so we actually took a little five-month jaunt in hell down to Arizona and uh, my wife said I'm leaving hell or you can come with me it doesn't <laughs> matter but I'm leaving and uh, we had some good friends that had moved to Boise Dave Wazen and his wife Kathy and they're like come up to Boise so we'd never even been here took that loaded up our mm -hmm. stuff took the big leap of faith and uh, we've been here ever since that's uh that's pretty cool so um, how, how long have you guys been self-reliant? Going back to 2009. Now, were you guys entrepreneurs before that time? Yeah, we'd each, between the four owners, we've owned like four other companies. Um, and so I owned a, prior to owning with Zenware and prior to working with Jody, I had a home inspection business. Hmm. Uh, and so, um, and these guys had ran a technical kind of a, a magazine. magazine rag about technology and I'd been involved in other, I'd worked in corporate for a number of years at the same time of running a business. And so we were all kind of doing other stuff. Um, and quite honestly, it was a trip to a bank that pushed us into this. Uh, one of the other partners, Dave and I went to a bank for the other software company we worked for and we told them our idea and the, the bank, the gal at the bank was really smart. She looked at us and she said, why are you guys here instead of the owner of the company you work for? You guys should break out and do this on your own. 
And it really was that small little two-minute nudge. A little push. We, we stopped in the middle of this bank thing. We looked at each other and we said, yeah, why aren't we doing this? So we just, that was it. We, we started making decisions in the parking lot. And within a couple of months, we had uh, started our company. Wow, I'll be dang. You know, and back in that time, uh, you know, we, we were still, our family had relocated back from Idaho down to California uh, to be with my mom, and which was a saving grace because they really told us back in 08, 09, they told us that she probably had a year or two to live and we just lost her last year. So we're, we're really glad we made that move. But at the same time, it was difficult because, you know, we love Idaho. And, and a lot of people, it's funny, Idaho has become more of a spotlight now uh, during, you know, the recent developments than I think ever before. And uh, you guys are living in a, it's a magical place. And hopefully the Californians don't screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point yesterday, my daughter came home. She goes, do you know that the Kardashians built the house in Idaho? I'm like, no. Wow. Better have extra wide doorways. (laughs) (laughs) Baby got back. man. Yeah, for either ego or well, you know, I mean, it's 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 like Big Bear right now. We're on fire, real estate wise. Anything that's a nice place because everybody's vacating the big cities, you know, and getting the hell out because they realize that they're vulnerable. And you know, uh, Joe Rogan. I don't I don't listen to a lot of podcasts right now just because just life's busy. But Joe Rogan, I listen to his on his relocation, you know, notification that he's moving to Texas, and he said it best, man. It's it's, it's just gotten so overcrowded and out of control it's not going to get better so you've got little paradises that are known that are known paradises now and you guys live in one of them so yeah uh, so let's go back to to 09 so um you know how how has business changed i mean we've watched the evolution within the auto care industry because a lot of people don't know you're not just in detailing you're in a lot of industries uh so talk about that when we go on to this question so back in 09, when we broke off, um, we had to make a really, really uh, bold decision. And that was we, we had non-competes with our other company. And we had a ton of customers that we could not do business with. So we stepped out in 09 and immediately got hit with four lawsuits, big ones, like, like business ending size lawsuits. Um, so we wrote emails to every customer we had and we said, unfortunately we can't do business with you for at least a year. Um, We submitted all that to the courts. It took us about a year and a half to get out of that. So we got hit, (laughs) Rod is handsome. (laughs) Man, does that person need glasses? Right, LeBron James. So we got hit with those lawsuits and so it really nailed us. Um, But we started doing other contracts. We got a contract with the Department of Interior Um, We write some software for a a helicopter application that they have. Um, We had contracts with some other big companies. And we actually had one of our existing customers create a new company so that they could do business with us. So it really went into the relationship that uh, started out as Jody when we first worked together. And then he passed that customer off to me while we still worked at the other company. We still have that contract today and they actually use road FS. um, And they are, they are fabulous. We've, we've spent time in their homes. We have some of our equipment in Florida for MTE that we actually store in their CFO's house (laughs) um, because of the relationship we have. And we were actually told at that time, that he said, he said, you guys will retire from our company. That's how, that's how much confidence they have in us. So our other contracts are custom software or big websites or um, customer facing e-commerce things that, that really keep a lot of our guys busy. And what we did is we took any profit from those contracts and we dumped that into building RoadFS. Until RoadFS was self-sustaining, uh, and it supports its own employees now, and so that's the other thing that was really exciting was as we started building RoadFS, we landed a really cool customer that was also was doing automotive detailing, but also was doing traditional upholstery repair, like for offices and furniture. And so he came to us and said, "Look, I need RoadFS to be able to support." two 
different industries because I have my detailing and my PDR business, but I also have this other business. So it, en it enabled us to build Brodefest where we could turn on the automotive and turn off the automotive. Mm. And so now we have lawn care guys, we have uh, building inspection guys, and then we have a real strong foothold in the automotive space as well. So it's been really cool to be able to go. It's taken us longer to build the software to have that flexibility, but it enables us to approach more markets. And so when one market goes down, we're still strong in another area. That makes sense. So, okay, so let's go back 11 years. What's happened in the last, and I love this movie, and you guys are going to get it here in a second. I always quote it, but I don't care because I love the movie. Is uh, What's the good that's happened in the last 11 years in business in general? I think there's been a more um, kind of an embracing of entrepreneurs or smaller companies. You know, when I left corporate many years ago, that was it, man. It was big corporations. And how do you get into a big corporation? And you just sit there and you just grow roots out of your butt in a chair and you stay there your whole life. And that mentality has gone away. People are not afraid to do business with an entrepreneur or a smaller company. Well, I think the other thing a lot that aligns with that is that social media has enabled a smaller business to be competitive against a larger business because now you have a method to really brand not only your company, but you as a business owner. And that endears people to you as a business owner because as we all know, people do business with people that they know and trust. And so we have tools now that in really enable you to tell not only your story about what you offer, but the story of your team. And I think that gives people a lot of power to be competitive in the market. So now going to another topic is the bad. So let's talk a little since 09. What, what, COVID. <laughs> I, I honestly, you know, yeah, I actually, I honestly, I answered this the other day on a forum and, and a lot of people didn't understand what I meant, but there was a forum and it said, what is, and I'm, I'm talking specifically in the detailing industry, but it's everywhere. We see it the same thing in other industries. They said, what is your, what is your least favorite part of the industry? And I said, literally all the social media BS and the bashing of one another. When you looked at, you know, 11 years ago, you didn't have, um, you did not have situations where somebody that used a different product would just absolutely bash you for no reason whatsoever. And I think that the good part of social media, there's also a bad part. And the rise of social media in the last 11 years has led people to uh, come on and just, man, they're keyboard warriors and they go for it. And, and Mike Tyson, uh, ironically, said one of the best things about social media. He said, social media has allowed all, a lot of you people to go out there and not get your ass kicked for stuff you say online. Yeah. And it's absolutely true <laughs> because um, they literally go out there and say stuff about companies that they have no idea what that company is. They've never done business with them. And, and you know, I mean, it's like, it's like if PNS went out there and they put an advertisement out, spend a bunch of money, produce a really good ad, and then somebody underneath their comment would be like, oh, this company's better. And you're like, what? There's just no reason for that. No. So, well, it, that comes into the next one, the ugly. So the good, the bad, the ugly, get, get it, you know, Clint Eastwood. Uh, the ugly part, we can kind of tie into this too. <laughs> so, you know, the ugly part, I, I, I would say this is, I'll lead you guys into this because I want to see what your, your input is. I think the ugly part is we've got a lot of people that when all this kicked off back in March, some really successful at, at, at a very, very shallow level of people were failing. I got phone call after phone call after phone call saying, listen, man, if, I mean, how long do you think this is going to last? What's going to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose my business. I'm like, man, how can you be 10 days in or seven days in and going to lose your business? Is, is I think the ugly part is, is social media is everybody's been able to dress up a pig, AKA their company. And, and really what it is, is they've got a pig. They don't have a business. They just, they're just, they're just playing office, man. They're, yeah. They're well, yeah. I, and I think that's a good point, especially in, on the automotive detailing side, because 
people can really highlight the great work that they do and they are true craftsmen, but they're not necessarily good business owners or great business owners. And so it has exposed their weakness as a business owner, not as a craftsman. And so now they're, you know, they've been able to ride on their, their kind of the show and tell of their business, but not be able to step back and rely on good systems that enable them to be effective, enable them to communicate with their customers, enable them to pivot strategically. And so now they're just stuck with their skills and their, their ability to tell their skills, but they don't really know how to really sell themselves, sell their business, and yeah. push through those low times. So one of the most interesting things I've seen since March is I've seen some, com- some companies or some businesses that are off the charts busy. They have, they have increased to the level they can't even handle. They're hiring more people. They're doing everything. And other companies, like you said, Renny, I was so surprised that two weeks into this, people were shutting their doors. Two weeks. I'm like, you can't go two weeks. If your business cannot survive for two weeks in something like this, how are you ever going to make it? That is, that is insane. So, so let's not just sit there and, and harp on, these, on, on the people that got there. Some were brand new. I want yeah. to kind of, you know, I've been warning a couple things, um, and and a lot of people, I, you know, I don't know what I'm st- talking about. Well, yeah, dude, there's no unproven theory that I don't talk about. If I don't know it, I don't, I don't mention it. But a thing I talked about was people, um, these shops, some of these mega shops that people were getting into, and with a mega shop comes a mega lease. I don't care if you're in a in a cheap part of the country, everything's relative, and right. you know. You guys, I mean, you saw our shops in, in Idaho. We were very, mo- very modest, under modest. I mean, we ran, we ran lean and mean, and, and for a reason is because we had to endure the tough times. So what would you say to people that we could, you know, we've set unprecedented levels of acceptance now. What, and I'm not talking shit about the COVID or anything else. Right. But I'm saying that we've shown the government that we are willing to shut down. That is spooky to me, and it should be spooky to anybody. What would you say to people to, 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 to be able to weather these kind of storms? What kind of advice? Did, you know, I, well, I'm thinking about a conversation I had earlier this week with a detail owner out of South Carolina, and he's debating whether or not to go and start his business because he's been building strategically on the side. So he has a full-time day job and then he's busting his butt. He's built a very conservative, a good size shop, but a nice conservative shop. And he's like, Jody, when do you, what's your opinion on when I should pull the trigger? And so he and I went through a list of different scenarios. I go, look, you have your shop pulled off. It's all ready to go. And you have a good client base. The question is, is are you ready in today's current environment to pull that trigger? He goes, well, I do have three months of salary saved up. I go, dude, that's more than anybody else that I know that actually already owns their business. Oh, yeah. So I I think that's a real critical thing. Are you strategically making the jump or are you just leaping? And I and straight up, I'm the kind of person that leaps and figures it out as I go. But I got Rod here that's going, whoa, 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 slow down. Right. So I think right. it's really important that you have a good mentor that you can go, look, these are some things that I'm thinking about and considering. And what's your opinion? And you get all of the information you can and then execute. And I think that's one of the other things is, is that people don't fully execute. They go halfway in. And then because they're halfway in, when the tough time hits, all of a sudden they're struggling because they haven't truly invested mentally, you know, financially and laid the groundwork for their own success. And that continues even when you're five, 10 years in the business, you have to continually be adjusting. Yep. Wow. And it's, to me, it's, it's, it's absolutely what Jody's saying, but it's also the ability to be flexible you got to move at a minute's notice. I mean, if I were, uh, you know, we, and we've had a bunch of people that have talked to us about this where they've had to shift their business focus 
They've had to be flexible. Um, some guys have opened up, which has been phenomenal for them, and they've gone into things like pressure washing, and they've changed the name of a service to sanitization, and they're cleaning different ways. And just those few key words have helped increase their business. Um, you know, selling ceramic coatings has not been the thing to do for the past five months. Now, it still has a place, and it always will, but the people that are doing other services as well are the ones that are making it. You know, I mean, you, you talk about somebody that's flexible. I talk about, I, look, I think of Jim Gogan, right? He's a big, I look at him. Jim Gogan has always been successful, but he's always had multiple fingers in different things. And, and some of those people that are, that are successful, that's how they're doing it is they're, they're being, uh, they've got their hands in more than one pot. And, and sometimes I think that's just what you have to do because if you are so entrenched in doing one thing and only one thing, you've got to be really good at it and you've got to have a massive client base to be able to, to keep that up. Yeah. And then we, and then we got the, you know, we got people in our group that, you know, never slowed down during this whole thing. And, and, and believe it or not, all they did was paint corrections and coatings <laughs> this whole thing. And they're setting records. Yep. You know? And it's like, Oh my I mean, just, I mean, ungodly amounts of money coming through the front door. Yep. And so, you know, I would, how would you guys like to own Home Depot and Lowe's stock during this whole thing? Um, <laughs> Man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Our, 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 you know, our little local DIY store, uh, I mean, you'd go in there during the, the, the peak of COVID and there was a literally just a line out the door. I mean, I was in there all the time getting stuff, you know, because we we're doing stuff around the house. So, so what did you guys, this is a two-part question. You know what's on the backside of it. What did you guys do right in business? What's some right steps that you made? Number one thing we did was we put the right people in the right roles early in our business. Love it. And, and I think a lot of people underestimate that because we made a really strategic decision in our second year to change a couple roles. And those roles really aligned with those team members' strengths better. And it enables us to really kind of launch because we weren't wrestling egos. We were, we were managing the talents that each of us had better. And so it enabled us to grow. That's awesome. Uh, and I would say that the other thing we did is um, put people in the – hire the right people. Hire people that have the, the aptitude and the drive and the personality and to hell with their experience and to hell with whether or not they got a degree at Harvard or not. We hired kids that didn't even, we hired a 16 year old kid out of high school. I had to have his mom sign the employment papers and he was one of our best employees for seven years. Wow. Um, and we've also got, we still have our number two and our number three employees still work with us to this day. So hire good people, the right personality and the right fit for your company. That's great. That's great. I hope everybody's listening to this. And, you know, is, is I think a lot of people take and they, they, they may not be ready to hire somebody and they try to hire at low price because they think, and, and you know what, I, I, I always tell people, man, hey, if you can't afford to pay people, don't even hire them because if you, yeah. if you pay them chump change, guess what? They're going to be a chump work. They're going to do chump attitude. They're going to cause you more problems than good. So if you can't hire the right person at the right price, and it's not all about money, but it's about culture. It's about giving people freedoms and opportunities. I mean, that, I think that's great advice, you guys. So yep. what's on the back heels of that? What did you guys do that wasn't so good? What was some, some moves that you wish that you wouldn't have made? Is there any? Yeah, um, we made a couple of stupid mistakes business-wise. So when we first got, uh, we, RoadFS had a different name for a while, and we tried to trademark it, and we didn't look deep enough into it, and somebody else had part of the name of that name, and we got nailed. And so we went through about a year and a half. We spent a crap ton of money on attorneys just trying not only keeping the name but keeping Zenware. So we had to negotiate it. At the end of the day, we were able to keep Zenware as a name, but we had to drop the other name of the product, which was fine because the product, the name was, it wasn't, didn't matter anyway, yeah. but that was a big mistake. And then I would say the other mistake is 
just the opposite of what I said of hiring the right people is we, a couple of times we've hired the wrong people and we held on to them too long. Too, hold on we, we, too you know, long. we were like, we were just, you know, we were Jody and Rod. We're like your family, you can do it. You can do it. And it hurt our company. Right. So well, yeah. I, that, that, and, and that's, that's a tough one when you're a small business, right? Because you're trying to leverage every little bit of talent and ounce of your reputation. And sometimes it's better to just lose somebody and, bite the bullet until you can hire the right person. And so, you know, hire slow, fire fast. Yeah. And, and you know what we, we, when we were up in Idaho, uh, when, when 08 hit, one of the problems we tried to do is we tried to keep our staff all in place, everybody. And you know what? They didn't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was the worst thing. I, I, I spent six figures plus trying to keep everybody healthy. And I, all I was doing was damaging myself and my family, you know, right. and, and so, you know, it, it, boy, that is some great advice. So um, what's the best piece of advice you guys have ever been given? And this can be for business or for life, either one, something stand out in your mind or somebody gave you a good piece of advice. You know, from, from a personal standpoint, it's from my father and uh, my kids and I were laughing about this weekend. My dad used to drill into us. He'd say, don't half ass it all the time. If you're going to do something, do it. Either don't do it or do it right. And um, that's kind of, it's sort of driven me through even in business is don't, don't halfway do something. If we're going to go into business, we're going to do it. We're going to set up the right entities. We're going to have the right lawyers. We're going to have money in the bank, but don't halfway do it. The other thing, you know, for me, it's being willing to pay the price for success. And, and I'll give you the perfect example. You know, when I, when I was younger, there were, there were three things that I wanted to be. I wanted to be a disc jockey, a Navy uh, Blue Angels pilot, or an OB doctor. Well, I, I became a disc jockey and had 10 years in that career. It was awesome. The Navy pilot, they wouldn't let me fly because of my eyes. And so that short. was out. And actually, my height was perfect. So, <laughs> so anyway, so, and then the third one was I wanted to be an OB doctor. But I was looking at 12, 14 years, and I'm like, man, I, I don't want to spend 12, 14 years in college, and I don't want to do all that. And the thing that I didn't realize is that you get 12 or 14 years down the road, and you're somewhere. You're either an OB doctor or you were wishing you were an OB doctor. And I had that same conversation with my brother when he was 27. He's like, man, I'd, I'd really like to go be an orthopedist. And I'm like, look, and he's like, man, I don't know if I can do the 12 years. I'm like, dude, go do it. And I convinced him. And so he went into radiology. Long story short, he ended up going 12 years, came out of radiology, and his bonus, his first year, was more than my annual salary. Wow. You know, I saw an interesting uh, quote last night I was reading, and it said, you know, I, I, I grew up very poor and it said, being poor is tough. Getting rich is tough. Pick your tough. Oh, I saw that too. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing is, is I, I think that people don't know, but there's a statistic, um, you know, in statistics, you can make them up no matter what, but the, the majority of people will be in the same socioeconomic class as how they grew up. And you have to work to get out of that but you don't have to work to go below it. Right. And I think that's the, that's a real lesson is you got to work to get above where it's at. And, and that's the thing is my dad and my mom, we were, we were very similar. I think I've shown you pictures of the, the literal log cabin with no bathroom that my dad was in when he was a kid and he didn't tell any of us. He didn't want any of us to know that's how he grew up. And this is, I mean, my dad's 74. So there was running water and plumbing in houses, but not in his. And so, he busted his ass to get out of that. And so all of us, I've got three sisters, every single one of us has owned our own company and we have broken out of that because we wanted to do the same thing. We wanted our kids and our kids' kids to live a better life than we had. Absolutely. And it, it's, you know, and I, I think one of the things that, um, yeah, I was talking to somebody uh, not too long ago and that's in a situation that's going to be, in the same economic right now, they're surviving. Does that make sense? Not yep. having to do a whole lot to survive, but the economics that they're going to face aren't going to change. And my point to this was, look at, 
you're surviving right now. What's going to happen as, as in, you know, as, as, as that value that you're bringing in now becomes smaller and smaller with each year that passes is that your struggle is going to get more difficult and your delayed entry back into being uh, productive is going to be damaged. And so you're getting, you're building this, this valley and, and no bridge. There's, there's yeah. No- yeah. The yeah. thing that I keep thinking about is if you want to be, uh, if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year or be a hundred thousand dollar company, you have to have the skills, the marketing, the ability training. to be the training, to be a hundred thousand dollar company. If you want to be a million dollar company, you have to go up your game a hundred percent. Right. right, And I think a lot of times we think that we can do the same thing that we're doing today and get huge results in two, three years. And so if you want to be a million dollar company, you have to level up to a million dollar company. If you want to be a two million dollar company, you got to level up to be a two million company. So you have to continually be striving not only on a personal level, but on a business level to up your game if you're wanting to grow because the danger that we live in today is that the things that you're doing today may not be enough to stay competitive next year. Well, we've already seen that. We've already seen that even in, 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 in our industry, you know, car, the auto care industry is that um, things are rapidly changing, you know, mm-hmm. which there's so much, noise and pollution um noise pollution you know going on right now i'm afraid that a lot of people are going to be get left behind because they're just listening to a bunch of bullshit you know yeah. And, yeah. and hate and, and 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 i just i just don't go for it and they're not keeping their eyes open of what's truly going on i think that's scary so yeah. so there's uh, a there's an old will smith movie uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it, what's, it's 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 true story about the guy that became the like oh. stockbroker guy. But mm. but basically, pursuit of, happiness. pursuit of happiness. That's it. He literally finds a guy driving a Ferrari and says, "What do you do, and how do you do it?" That's what you need to do. Yeah. I got a really great opportunity. We have a customer that is a they're a mega 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 company, and he allows me occasionally to sit in on a CFO group that the entry point is fifty million plus. Uh, and I have learned so wow. much from that to look at where we are and where these guys are. There's stuff you don't even think about. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're playing down here, if you're playing with people going, gosh, I really hope that I can be a, a, you know, X amount of dollars a year, but you're thinking up here, you got to look at up here. What are people doing that are where you want to be and how did they get there? You know, well, and that's what you got to do. You know, my, my, my small thinking of the way I grew up, and I, I've still got a poor man's way of thinking. I really struggle because I think like a poor person. But now I, I take and I've got my, my – I know what I want to make, and it's, it's not going to happen overnight. But mm-hmm. I know what I, how I judge my income now is what I'm bringing in per hour, 24 hours a day, when I sleep, everything else. I've got to grow by four to five times to get where I want to be in, a, in my 24 hour income. And, and, and to me, that's how, um, I wish I would have been thinking that way 25 years ago. I wish somebody would have shook me, you know? And I, and I think by having events like this, this is what we're doing is we're trying to bring up until, you know, people new to entrepreneur, I don't give a shit if you're 50, 70, 15, whatever it is, is that it's new to entrepreneurship is listen, man, you got to stop with the stinking thinking. Uh, I had a good friend of mine in Texas that that was his saying is you got to stop with the stinking thinking. You got to get your mind clear and you got to have the, 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 the image burned into your head of where the hell you're going, you know? And, and, and so now let's talk a little bit, shift gears for a little bit, all this going on. You guys have got a lot of uh, pieces of the puzzle. And we talked, Jody, we talked about, you know, Hey man, we haven't talked, you know, we're real busy, right? Both of us. And I hate the word busy. I can't stand it, but we are, we're, we're going a lot of different directions and I watch you on social media and I don't, I don't see you're like the energizer bunny. I think I got a lot of energy. Jeez almighty. The things you're all over the place, man. You do so many cool things, but what do you guys do for fun? Each one of you and, and seriously something, not like once a month, what's something that you guys do 
occasionally, that's okay. And I kind of know the answer to this, but what's something that you do on a pretty consistent level to kind of shake out the cobwebs. And then what do you like, what do you, what do you do every once in a while to shake out those cobwebs? So Jody, we're going to start with you because you're going to be a longer answer. Yeah, 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 <laughs> well, anything to do with water and the boat, yeah. you can find me there. In fact, I was there last night. I'll probably be there tonight. So I spend a lot of time with my kids, uh, wake surfing and boogie boarding. And yeah, we just, that's what we do. Well, you can see it by the sun, the, the, the sunglasses marks on your face. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually a little bleached out compared to normal because I was actually out for a week. So we're, we're back this week, especially since my daughter's back. She's like, Dad, we got to get on the boat. So That's so cool. That's so cool. Now, you, guys, you also do a lot of interactive activities online with your wife. Yeah, my wife and I, we have a good time. My wife's a fitness trainer, and so she and I have a podcast that we do together that talk about the power of choice. I mean, really, not just – we're not talking about relationships, husband and wife. We're talking about the power to, the power to change your life through choice. Um, so we do that. And then I do a podcast called Father's Fire that's really geared just to help and inspire men to be great dads and great fathers. And, you know, that's just on the side of what RotaFest is doing. And it's just, you know, we have fun doing it. And it's really about helping people grow. I mean, that's, that's really what it's about. Well, I'll tell you, see, you don't think I pay attention, but I might not, we not, not talk, but I watch all your stuff and it's inspiring. And I'll tell you, gentlemen, the two hardest things I've ever done. I mean, I, I do some, some pretty powerful stuff, search and rescue, uh, our military team, when the wars were going, we're training people to go uh, downrange and, you know, engage some, some, some knuckleheads. Um, it, it, the hardest two things I've ever done was to be a father and be a husband. Uh, going out and rescuing somebody, man, that's easy. Uh, coming home and trying to figure out this fatherhood thing and this, and how to how to stay happy in a marriage, that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy. So I you, you 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 do a great job of yeah. bringing stuff to the surface, and uh, I appreciate that. So well, thank you. Yeah. So Rod, what about you? Well, I am, uh, I'm a pretty private person. Most of my personal life doesn't go out on social media, but I am, uh, my wife, the way she describes it, she's like, everybody else operates at about 110 and you're about 220. Yeah. Um, I'm up late at night. Um, I love hanging out with my kids. That's what I do most of the time. Obviously, you know, you, you know that I work on cars, so I've always got 52 projects going on. I've got uh, two classics I'm working on right now in the and middle a of cabin. And a cabin. <laughs> in the middle of that, I decided to build a uh, classic trailer. So I, I built this rat rod trailer I'm in the middle of. I'm helping my neighbor with a 65 Porsche um, that he's that he's had for 30 years that I've been sharing pictures with Chris back and forth, but it's just awesome 356 SC. 356 SC, it's an original uh, disc brake air conditioning car. It's It's Friggin' awesome. Um, and then like Jody said, I bought some property up in the mountains uh, a couple years ago when, before it got crazy, I own an acre about, um, I can look at, uh, I look at Tamarack resort so I can see the ski lift from my front door. Uh, and I'm building a little apartment inside of a 40 by 24 shop just to be there while I build a cabin. Um, and I went way too far. Again, my father's words crept <laughs> into my head. So now it's this beautiful apartment. Um, it's, anyway, it's, yeah, it's, I work. What I do for fun is I work. I go work on a cabin. I work on cars. I work on my house. Um, I have an acre backyard. He I've did a, buy a boat, though. I did buy a boat this year, and I've been spending – um, I've burned through more gas in that boat than I have in my car. Um, I drove my boat from, and you've been to Idaho a lot, but I drove my boat from the tip of Cascade Lake by McCall all the way down to that island right before um, Cascade and right. back last weekend just to say I did it. Um, my kids loved it. We've got, we had six people out on the boat last weekend, and I've just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with it. Boat life, baby, boat life. Yeah. So, so that rolls us right into the next question, is that being an entrepreneur, being self-reliant, um, how do you balance things? I mean, as, have you found times in your life where there's a complete imbalance? Is it still happening? 
Oh, yeah. I, I, for allowing that not to happen because I think it's real unhealthy. Here's the thing that I look at. There's always imbalance in life. The key is, are you truly present in what you need to be in at that moment? When Rod and I are working and we're building, we're all in. We're 100% in. When I'm out on the boat with my kids, I'm all in with my kids. I mean, the, the music's blaring, the <laughs> videos are going, and we're recording and laughing. When I'm on a date with my wife, I'm all in. So I think it's less about being having balance as being all in. I mean, how many times do you see a couple on a date and they're not even talking to each other. Somebody's on their phone. Duh, 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 duh. I mean, my wife is because she's, you know, doing funny stories and, you know, highlighting that we're out together. But, I mean, how many people the entire date are going, uh-huh, yep. uh-huh. Or you come home and you turn on SportsCenter. Yeah, I wouldn't just leave your phone at home your, in the car. Don't even take your phone with you. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I like so, that, Jody. That's a great approach to yeah. it. Do, you, do we, as entrepreneurs, do you ever take a day off where you don't think business ever? Yes. Yes. You I, do? I, I, this is what really I'm good this, about it. This summer, what I did is I didn't take a vacation because my kids were in summer school and, and my wife was still going through a bunch of weird stuff at work and, and everything. And so I took five Fridays in a row off, all five. And it's, I've had three-day weekends, and I've been, like I said, playing on a boat and working on my cabin. And years and years ago, you and I were having a conversation, Rennie, where you asked what I did. I turned my phone off. At 5 o'clock at night, I turn my phone off, and I don't care who calls me. I, I'll text back and forth with Chris, and I'll send pictures of cars and stuff. But if it's business-related, people have just gotten used to the fact that I'm 8 to 5. And I don't answer my phone on Saturdays and Sundays. I will not do it. I'd have a burner going. I'd have a, I mean, I'd have a hide a phone. I'd be, there's, 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 yeah, no, it, it, it you know, I, really, I guess search and rescue is my disconnect from that though. Is military yeah. search and rescue is I, I just, I do disconnect. And I want to tell you, I come home now, you're looking at that. I've mentioned it before. When you mentioned that, man, I come back from those weekends where I've just had zero contact and it, I feel, I feel new. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's critical. I was talking to another detailer on Tuesday or yeah, Tuesday last week. And he's like, man, Jody goes, or no, it was Sunday. Cause he called me Sunday. He's like, Jody, I've real, I want to talk to you about something. And he and I have been, been building a personal relationship. And so I thought maybe it was some personal stuff that he was going through. And he goes, I'm thinking about this in my business. Do you mind just me bending your ear? And I said, yeah, call me. And so he calls me. And he said, I'm really struggling because yesterday somebody called me and said, man, I'd really like to have my car detailed. And the only time I really have to give it to you is Sunday. And he goes, I wanted to say no, but I said yes. And so now here I'm on Sunday, me and my helper are working and the whole time I'm angry. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, dude, you have to protect your time as a business owner. Amen. If you want Sundays off, what you do is you tell that customer, it's like, I'm sorry, I have commitments on Sunday with my family, but these are the options that I have available. Which do you want to choose? Amen. I love and it. So you're protecting your time while giving your customer a choice. And I think that is really critical as a business owner that you protect your time and be fully present with your family. You're going to become miserable if you don't. You can tell me that you love what you do. You know what? I've heard that so many times. I've been doing this a long time. I truly love what I do. I love. I come out here to my shop sometimes and I go, <laughs> that's all I do. I just, I, just, I just giggle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I love it. But you know what? It's got its limits, man. And you have got to go get away as a human and escape all this, or guess what? You, it's Chris. We've got a, a great saying: is and you know we're an overnight success, thirty years in the making. You know, is that? <laughs> listen, everybody wants right now. They want the they want the Viagra of business. You know, right. they want the forever going business that's you know they can just they can swallow the the, the business Viagra pill and 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 it's instant success. And you listen to all the gurus online, and it's instant success. And Work through your 20s so you don't have to crank it out when you're 40. What if you die in your 20s? You know, I mean, 
man, that's no way to live because and, – and, again, if those guys, the gurus, am I them? Nah. But here's the deal. I don't think one of them has ever pulled somebody that's dying or dead or is, is, is watched them take their last breath off of a mountain. And I can tell you this, none of the, none of the rich people that I've ever pulled off of a mountain ever had it. They never talked about their business. And they always talked about how they screwed up their family. You know yep. what I'm saying? Simple as that. And so I, I think that's great input. And, and so now let's talk shop for a second. Uh, I'm a huge believer in, in software. And, and I want to talk to because that's what you guys do. Uh, one of the leading companies that's been around for the, long, the longest time in the detailing industry. But I'll tell you, everybody, I, I mean, how often do you guys hear this? And we didn't talk about this beforehand. Man, I don't know if I can afford that. Yeah, you can't afford it. You can't not afford it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the deal. If you, if you want a personal assistant that can help you, is software can do that. It, it can be... It can not take the, 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 the place of a person, but it can definitely take a lot of stress off of you as an entrepreneur, especially everybody says, well, as I get bigger, I'll need it. Nope. When you really need it is when you're small. You need it as much or more when you're small to help you get big than you do any other time. So let's talk about the importance of software, what it does for the companies, and maybe some angles that people don't think about. So it's, this is your time. Yeah. So really, uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It starts small. One of the, one of the mistakes I would say when we early got into this was we had companies that would try to roll out to everybody and we'd like, why are these big companies failing? Why are they not, you know, why didn't they accept the software? And it's because they tried to bite off more than they could chew. So we literally onboard people one or two at a time to build an expert within the company. And that's an old school software thing that still I think holds true today. You start small, digest it, learn it. It's like any tool, you know, and I use this example all the time. If there was a new polisher that came out and instead of, instead of rotating the way it does, if it went up and down like a sewing machine and side to side and it was all over, it would take you a little while to get used to that. And the first time you tried it, you'd be like, God, I hate this thing. It's all over the place. I can't even control it. But as you got used to it, if it was a new innovation and all of a sudden, oh my God, it takes it from three steps down to a half a step, right? And automatically dispenses the right chemicals and it cleans everything, but you'd hate it when you first started it. And software is no different. Anytime you've ever gotten a new software program, you have to learn it. You don't know it inherently off the top of your head. So we tell people, go into software with a 30, 60, 90 day mentality. And I don't care if it's RoadFS or if it's a new operating system. You got to look at it. The first 30 days, you're just learning it. The next 30 days, that 60 day mark, you're really perfecting it. And then that 90 days, you should be able to train somebody else how to use it. And, and that's really, software helps you in the parts where you're out of control. If you have a stack of paperwork and it's a bunch of stuff you're supposed to get to, software can help you deal with that. Automatically sending reminders to customers, automatically sending text messages and invoices. Um, the things that you need to be doing in your business that alleviate the manual entry. That is really where software is valuable is taking away manual entry. When it's just like yesterday, I was talking to a client and she was, she was still doing an aspect of her business on paper. She was still running it on Excel sheets. And I'm like, why are you doing that? All we have to do is add these types of users into the system and the system will calculate that. So when you're doing eight hours of commission calculation, I can do that for you. And I think a lot of times we get frustrated because we're spending time late nights or on a Saturday morning trying to do the busy work, the invoicing, the stuff that we've put off to the side when a software program could do the heavy lifting for you and then you're just reviewing and I'm like look let's just change let's add a couple roles to these guys and that'll handle it for you she's like oh yeah I, I know you told me that last month I go well this is why I've been telling you that <laughs> amen well you know in software the thing is is that when it comes down I think in a lot of in a lot of ways service businesses can be uh, some especially smaller ones um, they can be unsophisticated and they don't, they're so, they're so tied into their art or their, or their skill sets that they forget about the dollars and cents. And to me, 
it's, you know, it, you guys are a, you know, software company. It, it, you guys have got a lot of entities. You got a lot of moving parts. We haven't, thank God, we haven't had to deal with an attorney in, I mean, I, I don't know how long, you know, organizing <laughs> something, that's about it, you know, and I've got to dust off his business card, you know, and, and give him a call and hope that he's not retired yet. Uh, but our accountant is a different story. And I tell people, listen, man, the, the, what we've lost money on, if I could, if I could go back, I guarantee you this, it, I could replace probably a year or two's wages off of just the things that we didn't manage our money right on. And that's stupid, but we came up through a time where software wasn't as available for our industry as it is now. Right. I've got a semi excuse for doing it. And then a lot of it just user error on our part, on Diana and I's part. <clears throat> but now there's no excuse for that, no matter how small. And listen, even if you're a part-timer, even if you don't have any money is one of the most important things you got to do is software is going to help you manage that money and yeah. yep. break it down. Well, and you, and you can track everything and cover your butt. That's the, that's the key is once you've worked on a car, you know, and, and let's take a real world example in detailing industry, you're working on a car and the right rear quarter panel has been repainted. If you don't remember that and you hit that car with the wrong compound, the wrong pad, you're going to burn through. And so having a piece of software that all it does, if all it did was say, hey, remember the right rear quarter panel's been repainted, that's going to save you way more than the 50 or 60 bucks a month that you're going to pay for the software. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the key to it. It's like you, if, if you got a customer that comes in and you recognize something about their car, oh, hey, Chris, last time you came in, I noticed that you didn't have those stripes on the side of your car. That's awesome. Hey, when we polish that, we're going to make sure that we take care of that so the pinstriping doesn't come off. You know something about Chris's car. Chris respects that, and it helps build that business relationship, which is all you've got with that customer is the relationship. Yeah, important. So this is another question is that um, this is something that I've really gotten into, and Diane had to, you know, kind of uh, uh, pull me off this week is um, for a person that, you know, I was, in, I was in nearly 30 countries in 40 months, and now you've taken us to – I haven't been, I haven't, I, I go out of Big Bear every three weeks and I just realized I hadn't been, I hadn't been into town in two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, she gifted me some us time the other day. She just pulled me out of the shop and you know, I'll take my dirt bike out and go ride or I'll, I'll, I'll go for a hike and stuff like that. But it's important to, to kind of give yourself you time. Do you guys have any habits when you're feeling stress or feeling pressure to kind of escape that? We talked about, you know, you escaping on the boats and doing this and that. But what about during the day? Is, is, there, is there a way to kind of have that steam gauge to where you can blow some steam off but still function? Go ahead. In, in the last five months, yes. Um, you know, prior to that, like you said, we were on the road. Jody and I are probably eight to ten times a year. We're in the office. But uh, literally, I do exactly what you said earlier. I go out in my shop. And I just breathe. I go out there. I just pick up some old piece of steel. I don't care if I'm welding something just to weld it or polishing something just to polish it. I just go out and I just kind of absorb myself into that part of my, my passion, my automotive side. And I just breathe, you know. And me, every, I, to me, it's not so much about the moments as in creating a daily habit. So every day, I get up at five o'clock, I have 45 minutes of meditation, personal study, prayer, writing down notes and impressions, and then I have 45 minutes of working out with my wife. That is, I start my day every single day that way, and if I miss a day, I feel it. Man, you're like and a monk, and, it, and you are disciplined. Yeah, it's about creating a lifestyle, and I think a lot of people – they get into these moments. Oh, I got to do this instead of just making it part of your life. What time do you go to bed? I go to bed every night about 11 or sometimes 11 to 12. So I sleep five hours a night. You don't get a lot of sleep. You're one of those that don't require it. Jody, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm similar. I go to bed probably 11 or 1130 and I get up, I get up later than Jody does. I probably get up at six. I go for a walk with my wife every morning, drink a pot of coffee and sit in the dark by myself, which sounds weird, but I just, that's, it's, it's mornings meditation. are for coffee and contemplation. That's what mornings are. So I love that. 
Yeah. Coffee and contemplation. That's good. So, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the meditation part. A lot of people, especially if they're younger, they don't understand meditation. And I'm going to challenge you. Anybody that's listening is, is listen to Jody because meditation won't well, rob just what you mentioned in the dark with coffee. I mean, that basically probably a form of meditation is that the more that you can take and meditate and calm, calm yourself down. What happens is when you meditate is you're training your brain and, and your whole central nervous system to, to calm the down, you know what I'm saying? And when you, when you teach yourself to do that, I mean, Jody, I know you've had some, some things roll into life that haven't been so easy lately. I am guessing that those things have meditation has helped you be able to deal with some of that stuff is the pressures of life. Hasn't it? Oh, it's definitely yeah. helped. Yeah. So especially <laughs> that the, it's interesting because those, what I found is that if I take a pen and paper with me and just write down those impressions, those impressions a lot of times are exactly what I need to get through that day. And sometimes it's just that moment, right? And I think we lose opportunities <clears throat> when we don't record the inspirations that come. Yeah, and sometimes those inspirations can be dark too. And it's okay to write those things down. Sure. When I, when I, when I write down, and, 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 and this is something that I haven't started yet, but I'm going to because Diane's watching this. But there's things that I struggle with that I want Diane to know, but I don't know how to tell her. Yeah. And so I think I, you know, just yesterday I was, I was, I was reading and I decided, you know what, I'm going to start sharing those things with her and just let her read them. I'm not going to say them, let her read it. So I actually have a little notebook that is Judy's love notebook. And Every once in a while, I just open that up and I write down the impressions, the feelings of my heart, and that is, and I just lay it on her pillow when I want her to read it. Yep. And so she has a consistent record over the last 30, 30 years, years of marriage of Jody's personal <clears throat> thoughts and feelings towards her. Yeah. And I, years all, all good. Yeah, all, yeah, all no, it, they're all green. I did that similar thing years and years ago. I started ordering and having them shipped to the office, little tiny um, just cards that are basically love notes. They're blank on the insides. And I, when I think about it, I just write it down and I take them home and I do the same thing. I put them on my wife's pillow or I slip them in a pocket of her jacket or something, just somewhere where she'll find it. Um, <clears throat> and I found that those are unbelievably helpful in opening up that dialogue with with your wife because having a marriage is, is a hard thing I mean you know we we all the all of us have been married for a long time Jody and I have both been married for 30 years and to and and it is it is a challenge you have to put effort into it again it's like a business you can't just be like oh I'm in a marriage everything's good you have to work on your marriage so let me let me give a message out hey Diane these guys just shame me on the amount of work that they're putting into theirs I guess I gotta <laughs> step up my game uh, from what they just said, but here's the deal is that, you know, to, to, to your point, a couple months ago, I wrote Diane a note on a post-it note and I put it on her computer and all it did was it just said, Diane, I love you. That's all it said. And it's still on her computer. Mm -hmm. you no, know? I could, I could vouch for that. I've seen it. It's still there. It's still there. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. So, you know, here's a point to where you can still learn things and whether you're in a relationship, a long-term relationship, a long-term marriage, or it's a brand new relationship, learn the habits that these two guys just said right there. Cause that's beautiful. So, uh, wow. Wow. That was inspiring. Um, that, uh, I'm moved. I mean, but I let me ask you a question, uh, Rennie. Mm -hmm. And and this is to all the men out there and women, because it applies to both. When you were dating, and she lived an hour away, and she called you, and you said, hey, come see me tonight, what would you have done? Oh, man. Move. You would have gotten in the car, drove the 45 minutes, spent an hour with her, maybe two hours, and then drove back home. Yeah. And now, she asked you to pick up some dishes, and you bitch and moan. <laughs> so, yeah, why, why did the pursuit stop? Right. So if you want to try, and we've moved out of business, but it applies to business. If you want a strong relationship, you got to continually be in pursuit. Yeah. Well, I try to kiss Jody every day just to tell him how much I love him. You're chasing him around. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the bro hug, man. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, that's beautiful because it does. It's, you know, I, I, I'll, I never would, you know, um, we, we've got acreage in our new place. Uh-oh. Either I lost your – No, I no, think Rennie froze. Rennie froze. So, yeah, so he has that acreage. Place, right? And we figured out real quick. There we go. So am I back now? So yeah, we've got – we figured out that there's a lot of, of, of weeding that you have to do. And, and I'm out doing it this week, and Diane, I'm finishing it up. She'd done it a bunch a couple weeks ago. And here comes my wife. And it was so cool just to be out there weed eating and raking and putting weeds into a pile. Something that simple because of what you just said, Jody, the pursuit. And now we just, I think a lot of times we fail that as men and women, as, as lovers and as spouses. And the deal is this is completely off topic from business. No, it's not. It has everything to do with business because when you're happy and you're mentally, you're mentally there in the game, you're going to be more successful. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. You yep. can't let your passion die no matter what you're doing. You just got to keep that passion up. That's it. So, hey, guys, so how do, how do people find you on social media and on the web and all that good stuff and uh, throw that out there for them? So you've got uh, roadfs.com. You've got zenware.com. you got uh, Instagram, Instagram, Zenware, Facebook. Roadfs. You know, we're, I'm even on TikTok. <clears throat> we got TikTok, uh, Roadfs, Zenware channel. I mean, we're, we're everywhere. We're on podcasts. Yeah, so we take the detailed memoirs, detail memoirs and podcasts, put them on podcasts. So, so YouTube, you can look us up on YouTube. I mean, we're, we're all over the place. Well, we've if spent a I, lot of time with the shows and stuff. It's been weird and it's going to be weird because who knows when the hell we're going to, you know, get back to, to uh, being able to go to events and so forth. But I can't wait for the day. It, uh, it'll be good to see you guys in person. And then, uh, We'll, I think we're going to be up in your neck of the woods in November, it sounds like. So hopefully we'll get to see you. And uh, Chris might be spending a lot more time near you here in the, in the future. We'll see about that. But, hey, guys, thanks for coming on. And, and, again, I think, you know, these are two seasoned entrepreneurs, and I hope you guys all got something out of it. And a lot of times we talk about business. Some people say, well, that wasn't really business-related, man. Hey, you know what? The most important parts of life, is not necessarily business. It's what you do around it. A lot of people talk about building up their business, but they fail to build a life while they're doing it. So um, I love having these discussions and Jody, keep doing it. I watch all your stuff. I love it. Love the energy that comes out of it. And uh, I feel like I get a little piece of you uh, when I see you online 12 times a day. <laughs> I am everywhere. So if it's not Zimware, it's Father's Fire, or just my kids. So, you know what? I just, here's the way when I die, man, I want to go like beat up, rugged out. I don't want to go in all pristine like I didn't want to live life. I'm like, you know That's what? Right. I'm going to the end. I'm already there. I'm already beat to hell. So, you know. I heard the greatest statement once is if, if I have an open casket funeral, when people walk in, I don't want them to go, oh, he looks great. I want them to go, God, he burned up every inch of that. Oh. <laughs> He's worn out, man. So yeah, we'll yeah, exactly. And as you can tell, I'm getting there. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. It happens. We all, hey, hey Steve Harvey says it best. Old, old is the goal. I love that. He does a piece. If you haven't seen it, Look it up on YouTube. Steve Harvey's got that saying, old is the goal. And you young people, it probably wouldn't hurt you to go watch it. That's an amazing man. I've got a boy crush on Steve Harvey. And uh, and I think Jody puts out more content than Steve Harvey does. So. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. He does, yeah. Any questions just, before we get out of here? Get an idea and I share it. Yep. Uh, what was that last part? Any questions or comments before we go on from you? You know, I, I actually had somebody type in a question earlier. And we can answer it if we want. One, I want to point out too that um, that we had uh, we had guys on from England, Poland, Australia, Trinidad, and of course all over the U.S. Wow, that's awesome. That's cool. That was pretty. That was pretty cool. But the question that I got earlier was, um, uh, you know, since uh, since COVID has ramped up business for for some detailers and it's gotten really busy lately, do you think after COVID backs down that their business will back down also. You know what? I, I think it, it depends on the business owner. 
because you have a huge opportunity with this influx of people wanting to have their vehicle sanitized. Their experience with you is going to determine whether or not they stay your customer after COVID. Yep. Response. I think we need to prepare ourselves because, you know, we got an election coming up. We've seen, you know, we've seen uh, the good, the bad, the ugly in people and politicians and the divide that's happening. But I fear that if we keep printing money, at some point this thing's not going to be able to, to, to carry itself. And, uh, and I'm not sure it's not being, you know, done with intent. But, you know, I would prepare. I would say that going into COVID, I think a lot of people learned right away they didn't have enough money in savings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that money's king. Put all the money away you can and you'll be fine. Uh, as Jody said, work real hard on retaining customers, not just gaining new ones. Software also <laughs> helps you do that. I want to throw that plug in right now for software is that the retention value of customers is huge when you're using, when you're, when, when you're using technology versus, you know, just, just flying from the seat of your pants. And so I, I would be, I'd be very, you know, I'm not the sky is falling kind of person, but I, I do think that at some point, especially depending on who gets into office, uh, we got some challenges in front of us. Right. Hold on. So that last comment was from Iceland. So I just got to say, I'm a Mojack. I was born in Keflavik, Iceland. So mad shout out to Iceland. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, look yeah. at that. Yeah, I there guess that's pretty cool. <clears throat> I didn't know. See, we, I learned quite a few things. I got to step up my game with my wife. And Jody's from Iceland. So how well, now, so, now the beard makes sense. Now it does. No. Well, especially because <laughs> it's a good beard, too. You know, it's not... It's a, it's, it, it's an Icelandic beard. It's not just you know, <laughs> Nordic baby Nordic <laughs> Hey guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this, uh, make sure to comment, share, and then subscribe to us on all of our different channels that we subscribe, that we, uh, described earlier. So guys, it's always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you on next time. We'll see you in November. How's that? Thank yeah. you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. We'll see you later. Yep. All right, man. Yep. Take care guys. Talk to you later. See ya.